says live the music is bothered to make you viral There's always something new round the corner Wanna play a little uh-oh Make it jump to the beat Cause it's time for a treat With the questions and answers to try to compete When your time's so through you say what you gonna do Let me just wait Spin the wheel, speed around me Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. We have a great episode today. Matt's going to be joining me to talk about uh Uh-Oh, and on the pricing game spotlight later on, we're talking about the most iconic pricing game of all time. Just so excited. Uh... (laughs) Uh, I I mean, like, after, like, what was a solemn episode yet, uh, last week, I'm kind of a little pumped, a little energized, uh, partially freaking out in terms of trying to acquire guests before Thanksgiving and Christmas, but other than that, we're good. We are very, very good. And like all episodes, we have to start from the beginning, and that is, of course, the news. Well, first, it is Catch-21 time. Uh, yeah, the all-new Catch-21 is now out on uh, Game Show Network. Alfonso Roberto hosts Catch-21 again. Uh, I saw a bit of that earlier this week, and it's uh, it's an improvement of the original Catch-21 uh, in terms of set, in terms of questions, and Alfonso's uh, hosting has gotten a little better as well. Uh, I still think the show needs a little bit of work. It's not one of my go-to shows, but uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, as this is still the game where people try and bust people to get 21, and the last player standing can win up to $25,000 by trying to get three 21s in a row, which is nearly impossible when you consider the 10s, jacks, queens, kings, all equal 10. Anyway, I hope that is an interesting uh, show. I hope it it does well. Who knows? Uh, But if that's not your strength, don't worry. There's lots of new formats along the way. Uh, Starting with this one uh, from Television Business International. uh, ITV Studios inks with Spain's Entrust Media for Trust Me, I'm a Six-Year-Old. ITV Studios and Spain's Entrust Studios have struck a co-development deal for game show format Trust Me, I'm a Six-Year-Old. ITV Studios, back possessed, worked with Spanish firm to create the format, which sees celebrities going head-to-head across four competitive rounds, where their only guidance comes from a group of rowdy kids calling the shots with their own instructions. From undercover pranks to physical challenges, the celebrity who can get into the minds of these children will win a big kid cup. Mike Beale, MD of ITV Studios Creative, said, We are looking to partner and work with broadcasters across the world be it on co-developments or co-productions, and we are excited about the alliance with All Trust Media Studios to bring Trust Me, I'm a Six-Year-Old to the market. We're already registering a high-level interest in the format and eager to explore its global potential. Uh, okay, uh, so congratulations to Nickelodeon. You have another format on your hands coming soon. That's not confirmed, I just assume it's a kid's game show. Uh, all right, next. Speaking of uh, adaptations, guess who? No, really, guess who? It the, the board game, you know. Can you guess who? It's a mystery. Does your person have a beard? I'm history. Uh, guess who? Endemol Shine, North America, in Hasbro's AllSpark Studios to adapt a board game into a TV format. 
Classic board game Guess Who is being adapted into a television series after Animal Shine North America teamed with Hasbro's AllSpark Pictures. The two companies have partnered to turn into a non-scripted format for U.S. broadcasters and international networks. In each episode, contestants make snap judgments based on intuition and clues in an effort to win cash prizes. In the original guessing game, each Guess Who player chooses a mystery character and then uses yes or no questions as they try to figure out the other player's mystery character. When they think they know who their opponent's mystery character is, players make a guess. If the guess is wrong, that player loses the game. Players can also challenge opponents to a series of games in the championship series, where the first player win five games is the Guess Who champion. The board game is one of Hasbro's most popular games of all time. Originally launched in 1979 and has sold in more than 28 countries around the world. Last year, it sold more than 2 million units globally. The deal, unveiled as Endemol Shine, heads to MIPCOM, was announced by Sharon Levi, president of Unscripted and Scripted Television of Endemol Shine North America. Guess who is a game that I love playing when I was growing up and that I'm now playing at home with my friends and family, said Endemol Shine's Levi. We've reimagined the show with our partners at Hasbro to create a game with knockout visuals, huge surprises, and hilarious reveals that's just as fun to watch as it is to play. Guess Who has been universally loved brand for almost 40 years and continues to win over new fans of every generation. Said Stephen Davis, EVP and Chief uh, Content Officer for all Spark Pictures, we are very excited to be working with Animal Shine to expand the game's fun-filled design into a highly entertaining game show the whole family can enjoy together. All right. I mean, remember the hub? They had, like, the Game of Life. They had Scrabble Showdown. Uh, family Game Night. Uh, like, you had your games. You had your games. I don't know. What happened? What happened to the games? I, oh, well. Uh, speaking of more uh, fun with ABC, you remember this Disney Plus? No, there's no Disney Plus game shows. I just wanted to just... Remind people Disney Plus is existent. Anyway, ABC is giving us another season of Holy Moly. Uh, Vulture is reporting that season two is underway of the delightfully bonkers mini golf-themed game show. Uh, it'll return summer 2020 with Rob Riggle and Joe Tessitore on board to return as the color and play-by-play. But there'll be one, uh, at least one tweak to the format. Uh... It is now going to be around and trying to squeeze 12 players during each hour. Episodes will now revolve around eight competitors. The move will allow the host to spend more time on each match and let players get to know all of the players better. Producers are also planning to introduce a sort of new holes to challenge contestants, hoping to top standouts like the distractor where annoying or famous folks like Kenny Chi try to mess up players. Curry will also continue playing the small walk on roll. Uh, there's also, it looks like it's going to maybe be a tournament format because based on the casting notifications, the top price is now a quarter of a million bucks. So I'm going to take a guess here. If it's eight players and they're probably going to do 10 episodes again, it's going to be eight episodes of eight to determine who goes on to the semifinals as those eight play to compete in a double round with all the holes or something similar to that with two parts. Um, that's the only way I can think this is how it's going to ha happen. 
but it's Wipeout with Mini Golf. Maybe I'll do better. Uh, but still, uh, 2019 Press Your Luck and Card Sharks also expected to return as well. So I'm excited. You know, I like that Card Sharks. I like that. That they don't do that anymore. Oh well. Uh, also, if that is not enough game shows on ABC, because holy moly, uh, press your luck, card sharks, uh, match game, family feud, hundred thousand dollar pyramid to tell the truth, and don't, which is coming soon. Uh, how would you like another great new game show on ABC? Craig Ferguson's hosting a brand new game show called The Hustler. Challenges viewers to hone their detective skills. ABC announced today the network. Well, it's October fourteenth. Uh, ABC announced today the network has picked up the mind-bending new game show series, The Hustler, hosted by Emmy Award-winning game shows, actor, writer, comedian, and ABC alum Craig Ferguson. The Hustler breaks the game show mold by featuring one player who secretly already knows the answers. Don't be fooled. Just because they have a leg up doesn't mean they'll be taking home the prize. The Hustler is set to begin production later this fall, with an air date to be announced at a later date. Each episode of The Hustler will follow five contestants as they collaborate to answer a series of trivia questions, with the goal of building a collective prize pot that increases with each correct answer. The catch? One of the five contestants is the hustler and they already know the answers but they must keep their identity a secret in order to have a shot at winning the grand prize throughout each episode two contestants are anonymously eliminated by the hustler leaving three remaining contestants the hustler and two others who must collectively decide who they think the hustler is if they are right they share the prize pot if the two contestants are wrong though the hustler goes home with the full cash reward it's rare and exciting to have a mystery-based game show that employs viewers and contestants to tap their sleuth skills, said Rob Mills, senior vice president alternative series specials in late-night programming for ABC. This fun new format is the perfect addition to our dynamic game show lineup, and Craig's unmatched wit and humor make him the ideal host. We couldn't be more excited to welcome him back to ABC. Studio Lambert and former creator Richard Beacon are incredibly excited to partner with ABC on The Hustler, said Studio Lambert, CEO Stephen Lambert. Uh, with Craig in the driver's seat, the comedic beats of this game are very much to the fore. We think ABC viewers will laugh a lot, but also be shocked and surprised by the twists of this game, which invites contestants and viewers to play the detective, solving a whodunit, or in this case, a who is it. The Hustler, which is produced by all three media-backed production companies, Steel Lampert, is an original format created by British TV and radio host Richard Bacon, who serves as executive producer along with Steel Lampert company founder Stephen Lampert, executive vice president of Steel Lampert, Jack Burgess, creative director Steve, uh, Tim Harcourt, and, Sean, and Susan House. Okay. Um, that seems like an interesting format. Um, I think they're putting all their chips in unscripted shows, though, uh, and I think that's uh, actually necessarily a bad thing actually i like abc game shows don't get me wrong i i think i it's good that they're trying a new format and the hustler seems like an interesting format the last time i've seen one of these was like was it uh the dirty run cheater on packs with bill the wire uh so what if that but instead of like ranked polls it's trivia questions 
And I'm guessing the comedy is going to come from like weird questions and then Craig going to ask like, how did you figure that out? How did you know that one? And everyone's going to try to come up with excuses as to why they know the correct answer. I think the double elimination thing is kind of cool because if you're the hustler and your goal is to eliminate the players, you can either eliminate players based on who is on to you, which could actually kind of help you in the game. You can eliminate the weaker players to help build the jackpot uh, and help the team out, or you can kind of just randomly select somebody to throw off your scent. I think that makes for an interesting gameplay mechanic. Uh, I do not know what the top prize is, and it feels like they're trying to go for a friend or foe mechanic with the hustler with the other two players. Uh, so if you're not the hustler, you kind of don't get all the questions right because then people will suspect it's you, and therefore the hustler wins. But if you're the hustler, you have all the answers, but if you get them all right, then you're a target as well. So sometimes when this is kind of a game mechanic, it it kind of is a fun who done it in terms of who can it be but at the same time you also kind of have a game mechanic where just because you have all the answers doesn't mean you get to use it and if you have a team member who has all the answers it's not in their best interest to do that as well i think a better game mechanic was something like poker face which has a bluff mechanic in terms of trying to get people eliminated if you don't know the answers or do you but it, who knows? This could be an interesting format. Uh, I, I'm on board. It seems like a, an all-or-nothing situation, which is an, enjoyable. So it's kind of like a trivia quiz version of the mole. And you know what? I'm on board with that. Uh, speaking of ABC formats, Disney Channel, because Disney, uh, has Disney Fam Jam Dance Competition based on online hit. Disney Fam Jam Family Dance Competition Series has been given the straight-to-order series at the Disney Channel, with each episode feature two families competing in three rounds of dance battles for the Disney Fam Jam Champ's Crown. Disney series was created by choreographer Phil Wright's popular online The Parent Jam Dance Series. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Production on the TV series will begin in November. The TV series was announced today on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Fuck off. Was this like in between her third apology for the Bush thing or or not? Like, what is up with that? <sighs> Disney Channel's core audience is extremely passionate about dance and music, as we have seen with the global success of Disney Channel musicals, special episodes, and short-form programming. Raise a statement by Nancy Cantor, Executive Vice President of Content and Creative Strategy, Original Programming, Disney Channels Worldwide. Disney Fan Jam will take diverse, awe-inspiring families out of their living rooms and into the spotlight for a celebration of dance, family, and fun. The multi-cam series, performed from a live studio audience of families, will include mentors overseeing each dance round. Right, a teacher choreographer who has worked with Little Nas X, Nicki Minaj, uh, Will Smith, and G Easy, featuring Cardi B, among others, created and founded the Parent Jam, bringing families and students together to provide encouragement and positivity in each dance class. Disney Fam Jam is in production of Matador content. The series will be executive produced by Jay Peterson and Todd Lubin, Irene Dreyer, and Phil Wright. James Sutherland will serve as showrunner. 
Yay. Is there like a cash prize or is this one of those let's all feel good kind of shows? Because it sounds to me like they're trying to steer towards one direction and that's not necessarily what they want to do. Because if this is just here's families dancing, go for that. Go for like the American bandstand kind of thing. But because this is two families competing in three rounds of dance battles for the Disney Fam Jam champ's crown that's telling me it's an actual competition show so what does that say to in terms of the the parent jam guy it to the family that loses in in my mind if this is supposed to be everyone should get up and dance and have fun by making it a competition of who's the better dancer is this not about fun? Is this about winning the, the crown or or not? Or is this trying to be a bake-off but for dancing and a feel-good show, but they won't know how to do that because it's, a, once again, a dance competition show? Uh, that's, that's where I'm kind of getting confused here because uh, I think if you're doing Disney and you're doing, like, a family dance show, why not just have it be like, hey, people send in your dance video TikToks and then we vote for the best in audience like A of V. Why can't you just do that? That sounds like a much better show because then everyone gets to participate. And if the idea is to encourage everyone to dance uh, of all ages and, and all demographics and all ethnicities, what, 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 what the hell is this about then? That, that's, that's where I'm kind of getting confused, but maybe it'll turn out okay. I, I don't know if I have to watch it or not, but I mean, like, hey, if Di- if Nickelodeon has America's most musical family, why not have another dance family show, I guess? Yeah. Should we start the episode? I think so. That's a good start. Very nice. Round of calls for the red team, and look at that. That's all. What do you say when the photos of your blackface costume comes up as Prime Minister? Ah, Okay, maybe it's not that severe. But while we are looking at 90s game shows for children, and our world tour took us to the UK for Funhouse, it's about time we take a look at Canada in the iconic messy game show that they watched. For YTV, that was uh uh-oh. A game show that pretty much was just spinning a wheel and RNG happening. And I guess that that's it. Also, it was based on a sketch. That, okay, now that's about it. Anyway, time to call long distance to our good pal Matt from Canada to figure out what went on in this iconic messy game show and if there's anything salvageable when the global economy crashes due to capitalism wanting to have more control over sovereign countries and their social welfare programs. In many ways, it is like uh uh-oh, because you get shat on and you walk away with nothing more than fruit gushers. Now let's turn the table. With me on the line is one of my, my good Twitter friends from Canada. Yes, he is real, Mom. Stop making fun of me. God. Uh, also, a keen brewmaster and YouTuber. Uh, let's give it up for Matt. Why'd you say Twitter friend? Because when I describe you, I say my good friend. Did you need that Twitter buffer? Why do you hate me, Jordan? I don't hate I don't hate you. I don't. I don't. <laughs> 
Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> we are like friends on like almost every social media now that I think about it. So. Yeah, we're Instagram friends. We're Instagram friends. I think we... It's, it's like my entire family and Jordan. It's it's funny. It's like Discord pals. You were the first Discord friend. I think one of the very first Discord friends I had. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, at least like modern Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. YouTube, you're one of the rare people who know my YouTube channel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you were, when I first announced making this podcast, one of the first people who chimed in like, if you need a guest, uh, give me a call. I'll gladly do. It's been a long time coming. It's been, it's just our one year episode, by the way. You know, I mean, like a year is like only 12 months. It's, <laughs> I mean, originally it was just like me talking in a microphone, getting depressed about like everything. And then it's like people suggested just get guests on and say, you know what? Helps cover co- helps cover some of the stuff because I trust me. I think if this was me being by myself talking about the game show, uh oh, people well, think oh, I, I have something wrong. Sure, but but I feel like there is one person out there who just has a whole podcast dedicated to uh oh. <laughs> the uh oh podcast, the, the podcast dedicated to uh oh. But he like, like thinks he's uploading it, and his parents are like intercepting, and he's like forty, and they're like, listen, if he puts this on the internet, the cops will be at the door the next day. But you have to understand, like, this person from Aratoma was in the speed round, and they got 6 out of 10 right, and then their partner Jeremy, he got a uh-oh, and then they had to put him into the tank, and then the slime happened, the Punisher was like, oh, you got goo, and then the goo was pink. <laughs> uh, so, uh, today's episode is a children's staple. Uh, when it comes to, we, uh, when we were thinking originally, like, when it comes to children's game shows, I, I originally had, like, a nice idea for a block, like... We do the Double Dare, we do Fun House, and then we do, like we want to talk about like what's the kids' game shows of every of every different country. And a lot of people do not really give credit to our friends up north in Canada when it comes to game shows, even though they've come they've they've pretty much created most of our legacy game show hosts. They don't give us enough credit for uh, game shows. They don't give us enough credit for genocide of indigenous people. They don't give us enough credit for all the alt-right grifters we keep exporting to you guys. Uh, thank you for that, by the way. We really, we're big fans of uh, uh, of the other Jordan around, who sounds yeah. like a deus. <laughs> you Imagine if he had a game show podcast. Imagine if Jordan, Dr. Peterson himself... Had a game show podcast. I, I want him to have his own game show because I know it would be called like Chaos Dragon or something. <laughs> so the huge uh, object is uh, simply uh, to pet the dog or something. <laughs> I gotta pet the dog if they don't. All pet the chal- all the challenges are based on the twelve rules. This is it's we're cleaning their rooms. We're gonna clean their oh my, rooms. That would be the challenge. They would be given side by side messy rooms, and whoever can clean it the fastest. It's an endurance champion. It's an endurance comp. You just gotta stand up straight. That's all you gotta do. And there wouldn't be no women ever. <laughs> and no Muslims either. They're uh, oh, plaguing the country. <laughs> he does feel like that. It, he does oh, say Jesus. things like that. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> he really is. Did I tell you I was reading his book? Because <laughs> yeah, I was... hate myself. <laughs> uh, I'm about three quarters of the way through, and I had to. It's being used as to hold the TV up in our bedroom right now. Oh, well, I mean, sometimes you got to get that good reception. I mean, like, that's the most useful that book's ever been, so. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Booksmart. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, going to be my four-star Amazon review of the 12 rules. 
It's a shitty book. Holds a TV upgrade, though. Great as a bootleg tripod for if you want to take a selfie. Uh, so, so the episode we're talking about is Uh-Oh. Uh-Oh uh, has an f- interesting backstory. Uh, it's something that I, I can't really uh, put into words. Uh, but first, I'll say uh, it premiered September 5th, 1997. So this is the late 90s uh, kids game show in Canada on white TV. This was the show that would air sometime when Pokemon would show up. Uh, probably another one of the I, re- I remember that specifically. It'd be the show you would watch because your favorite cartoon was on afterwards. So maybe you'd catch like five minutes into Uh-Oh. But if you watched all of Uh-Oh, you got Pokemon like beginning credits to end credits. And it's like they would... And I know some people are like... Look, I'm not saying I'm a diehard here, but I recall there's been a big uh, argument on the internet for what's like the best white TV show. And it, it's usually Uh-Oh or Hit List or the one that I think a lot of at least gamers would say, which is Video and Arcade Top 10. Uh, I watched a lot more of Video Game Arcade Top 10 than I did Uh-Oh growing up, but that's because it was video games. Like, of course I'm going to fucking watch it. I was And, like, <laughs> and the, you know the sad part is? That's a game show. So eventually I had to find episodes of Video and Arcade Top 10. I remember the um, Quest 64 one they did. Like, even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck is this? If you get a chance, watch the Quest 64 one. Because they're, like, competitively playing Quest 64. <laughs> which makes no sense. It's a comp. Well, I'm pretty sure, like, the the people who made Quest 64 wanted the plug. And they were like, well, yeah. how can we make a competition out of this game that has a bad save file? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so this is 97. It ended in 2003. So this is a late 90s, early 2000s, right at the peak of the, I wouldn't say the, the, it's near the wanting off period also of the uh, fuck you 90s and early 20, uh, the 2000s. Like when I say the, the, like, you know, like how the 90s is the anti 90s, like anti heroes. You had your Venoms, your Deadpools. You had your your attitude era of pro wrestling with the NWO and Stone Cold. Game yeah. shows kind of had that surgence too, especially MTV. And for a lot of kids game shows, it was all messy on Nickelodeon. But this felt like a just a big, like, fuck you to a lot of game shows as well. Uh, in that off period that is kind of like a mix between that and the jackass years. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there is no jackass stunts necessarily. Uh, the original uh, premise of Uh Oh came from, believe it or not, a sketch from a YTV comedy show called It's Alive. I don't remember It's Alive. It's Alive was basically like their SNL for kids. So when oh, you would okay. change the, so they would uh, basically like here's different channels, and then there was like a promo for a game show called Uh Oh, and on it was a kid basically in a dungeon. Like getting stretched out with a Punisher um, guy as they answer no, trivia questions. You. No, thank you. And this was uh, right around season three of that show. And they were like, yeah, this show kind of sucks. It's canceled. They saw that skit and went, what if, what if we saw this shitty comedy skit where kids were like basically put in dungeons and being like tortured? And what if we made that the game show? And they're like, okay, we'll make a pilot. I, I have a friend that was on Uh Oh. One of my roommates in Vancouver. He was on Uh Oh when he was a little kid. Oh and, no! Um, <laughs> oh no! Uh, uh, the wait, only wait. story I remember that he told me was about how hard the Punisher grabbed him. Oh no! He had he had a bruise on his arm like the next day from like the Punisher grabbing him. 
was that? Jesus Christ. I don't know, like, so, what... <laughs> so, like, when, when we... Am I allowed to say that we watched an episode together and talk about it? Yes, we did. We well, That's usually how it goes. We watched an uh-oh episode together. Oh, well, earlier when he, he grabbed this little Newfoundland girl, so this little Newfie girl's hair, and he grabs her, like, by the ponytails, like, holy fuck, because I am my... Sh- roommate oliver told me about like this guy grabbing him so hard it left a bruise oh shit. so <laughs> so it's like this psychotic guy that just wanted to hurt kids or maybe like he was a performance actor it was like a performance actor i think it was like he was just some big bulky dude that was like a pro wrestler maybe and it's like there was two by the way there were two punishers i feel like they got rid of him because he was hurting kids one was named mike beaver and then in the later seasons it was sean bubba luke's I trust him around kids less than the first one, but okay. So, uh, here's how the show works. Uh, it would start out with this great introduction by the narrator, Dwayne Hill. And it's always like something stupid that kids would say, like, What do you say to your teacher when your homework gets chewed up by a dog? Uh-oh. What do you say to your sister when you vomit a pizza into her into her new dress? I... I... Uh, no, <laughs> don't do that. What do but you also, say uh-oh. to your parents when you uh, shave your dog's fur? Oh, uh-oh. I, I like I like the premise because it's like, oh, you say uh-oh, and it's like, no, you fucking come up with the best lie you can think of as to why you did something terrible. No, and then you get the best rap introduction ever to a game show. Yeah. The best. <clears throat> with, like, worse than reboot... Like CGI of the Punisher running CGI at you. CGI Punisher, flat 2D audiences shouting, uh oh, a bad, poorly rendered version of the set. And then, like, here's your, like, because it's the 90s, your crappy, like, uh, saved by the bell symbols flying all over the place. And, like, here's, like, a, a here's, like, a, a, a like a, a like a quadrilateral that makes no sense with, with the, the, the contest with, like, the host and all these other people. And it's like, here's Wink Yahoo. Here's uh, Quiz Master uh, uh, Patricia. Here's Slime Master Sean and Slime Master Ryan. Slime Master Ryan. Slime Master Ryan. Ryan uh, Belleville. Uh, I hope you kids remember Life on the Stick because he played Jasper <laughs> on that show. Fuck. Uh, she, he won the Canadian Comedy Award and the Phil Hartman Award. At the Just for Last Comedy, big famous comedian. Okay, winning the winning a Canadian Comedy Award is no feat. I, I, I'm sure I'm shitting on someone who's very talented right now, but I could talk at length, and I hopefully will get to it. Some comedy tour, <laughs> Canadian comedy scene in general. Oh, um, you ever uh, you ever go get gas, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, we're out." Uh, well, there's that, and then oh, there's shit the- out of luck, then. <laughs> There's there's a flip side to it where it's like a bunch of guys ranging from like 35 to 55, and a lot of them discuss. I have heard this firsthand: being able to pull a CK, which means being able to pull a Louis CK, which means they as white guys really want to get up onto the stage and say the N word. Shout out to Vancouver comedy scene. You guys were gross. Shout out for the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Go crank it on stage. <laughs> Just masturbate. Masturbate on stage and go, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh oh. 
So here is what my do rendition. You say of... when you jack off on stage at the Just for Laugh Comedy Festival. <laughs> what do you say when you come into the female comedian backstage in the green room before the act? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> That's the American knockout version. It'll be oh no. Uh, so here's the shitty lyrics. Here it is, my rendition of it. You've already heard it in the intro of the episode, but but for the sake of here's Jordan, because every single time there's a game show with lyrics, I have to sing it. It's like required. <clears throat> I'm excited. Uh, take you on a ride to a place that's live where the music is pumping to make you vibe, where there's always something new round the corner. Going to play a little uh-oh. Make you jump to the beat because it's time for a treat with the questions and answers you try to compete. So when time is up and through, we'll say, what you gonna do? Let me hear you scream, uh-oh, uh-oh. Spin the wheel, speed round, mayhem, uh-oh, uh-oh. Spin the wheel, say, what's gonna be? Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. <laughs> I just wanna just remind people of the lyrics, just real quick here. <clears throat> Take you on a, a ride to a place that's live. Well, first of all, it's pre-recorded. Yes. Uh, where the music is pumping to make you vibe. They only really have like three songs. That song, really. Just that, and then like it's the doom 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 with an uh oh. Uh, there's always something new around the corner. They really don't have anything new. Like they they really repeat some of these games. Like, no, the it's like it's new is like game. the race, the the that like that 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 destination challenge, the slime tour. Yes. Uh, yes. Then make you jump to the beat. They never do that because it's Nobody time jumps. for a treat. What? Oh, uh, that's when they get abused by a man in a mask with a zipper on it. With the questions and answers, so try to compete. Well, there's only two times there's questions and answers. It's the uh-oh or it's the speed round. Mm-hmm. So when your time's up and through, say, what you going to do? Let me hear you scream, uh-oh. But that's only like like if you hit uh-oh. Uh, so if you've never seen uh-oh before, and there's a good chance because you are American, not Canadian... And you've probably never heard of a game show called Uh-Oh before. Uh, essentially, uh, bullshit spin the wheel show. It is. It's just the one scene from Thunderdome where it's spin the wheel, make a deal. It's spin the wheel, make a deal. But it's like different subsections of wheel. Uh, okay, so it, there are a few spaces. In um, There is the Uh-Oh space. Uh, it's a 12 segment wheel by the way it's a 12 segment wheel and here is what Wink explains as the rules <clears throat> each spin of the wheel could alter your points force you into messy activities pose you some quick quizzes or result in all sorts of unpleasant surprises mayhem uh oh speed round or the dump that's it it really is the, the that's f- it yes uh, the dump was the pachinko game right yeah the dump was like this pachinko pinball game it was it was like pretty much the one from the prices right wasn't it or yes, am i just it's like, like you, drop, you drop a ball and then it goes down a slide and you can choose your choice and then there's a little flipper so you can flip it if you want and oh then so on, they got the pinball spin on it you know that's that's very cool and then it's a uh you can just and it just has different slides like 15 points to blue or 15 points to green it never goes to like to you it's always like to, uh, to give 20 to red give 20 to blue and it's it's just it's it's all randomized. Uh, so yeah, it, it makes no sense. 
In round one, there's two O spaces, three mayhem spaces, two speedrun spaces, two the dumb spaces, two win and spins, and one trade and spin. In round season two, round one was changed spicely with three uh-ohs, three mayhems, two speedruns, one dump, two win and spins, one trade and spin. And that was the way for the rest of the series. If you hit a win and spin, I believe you get 15 points. Like, I think it's like 15 points, I think. I forgot like what's the amount of points you get when you land on the in win and spin. Oh, it's 20 points. 20 points yep. on win and spin. Yeah. If you hit That's lose the and spin, Canadian exchange rate. If you hit lose and spin, you lose 20 points. If you trade and spin, it's a bullshit. <laughs> it's a bullshit thing. It's a fucking bullshit where you get to basically say which team, which where do you want to trade your points with? So if you're in first place, you now basically have to trade with second place if you want to get any chance of winning. And if you are the worst players in existence, you can just, you know, hit a trade and spin on your last spin and basically fucking win the game. You know, in Canada, we teach kids that life isn't fair. That's, you know, you know like, like in, I believe, uh, 92, we closed our last residential school. And we were like, the Canadian government was like, shit, how are we going to teach kids life isn't fair anymore? So they started, uh-oh. That's it. That's little, how it works. They create, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> that's not a good joke. I don't feel good about it's that. It's good. No, it's good. So uh, here's the spaces. So the dump. Spot requires the spinner to drop his or her ball through a pipe in a plane where they have Plinko-style pegs, mainly operate flippers, other obstacles, and several receptacles for the ball to land in. Receptacles are marked with a game result, winning or losing a certain number of points for our teams. The maximum number of the points was 50. All right. Uh, if you want land on a win and spin or a lose a spin or a trade and spin, you get to spin again after that round happens. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, then... Here we go. Ready? This is the ones that also matter. Speed round. That's the one we saw on this episode that lasted, Jesus Christ, like the almost the entire episode. This is what. Yeah. This is the this is the one with Quizmaster Patricia. Quizmaster Quiz little boy who didn't know where fucking Saskatchewan was, and it sounded like he had a Manitoba accent. The little shit. Okay, so speed round is a lightning round. Requires Patricia to ask the spinner 10 questions within a 20-second time limit. Each correct answer is worth 5 points for a potential of 50 points. Some questions had no wrong answers, such as, do you like something? And consecutive questions usually continued on a theme of the previous one. At the end, Wink will explain the outcome based on the off-screen judges. Uh, on one okay, episode so were... of Season 2, a contestant named Christian of the Red Team answered, I don't know, to every question in the speed round, resulting in him getting no points. Oh, no. That's embarrassing. That sounds like a pathetic kill. Why are you even there? But, I mean, we're still talking about them. But it's like, yeah. so here's the example of the speed round. Here, here's an example of speed round. Ready? <clears throat> Hey, hey, it's not like the speedrun of our show, which is much better and more dignified questions. It's more like, <clears throat> hey, Matt, yeah, what's one plus one? Uh, pass. How many arms do you have? Two. I How mean, many three. eyes do you have? Two. What's the pink thing the dancers wear? Uh, 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 pass. Of the, what is two plus two? Uh, four. Name something the golfers say. Manitoba. Do you like golf? Yes. All right, Wink. <laughs> I don't like golf. My, oh, you, got, you said you got like all that. That's right. So you got six points. <laughs> I, I, I really, because like we watched this tonight and there was like this little kid and they're like, who's your best friend? He's like, John. But I really want like a kid to like sadly look at the camera and be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, don't tell me. I don't want to like, because I know my kids, my friends are going to watch this and then they're going <laughs> to pick on me in school tomorrow. And <laughs> No, I, I want him to just be like throwing shade at his friend being like, I don't know. 
<laughs> no, you look at the camera and you're like, Johnny's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and Tommy's like holding his heart as he watches it. But we're, you picked me as your partner, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. But then you put me in the uh-oh, and now I got uh, purple stuff on my face. and I got gooed by a 38-year-old man. I got gooed by an ex-pro wrestler. <laughs> uh, so besides the speed run, which is like quick trivia questions, mayhem is kind of what they're trying to encourage people to go into, if not the uh-oh which is called Mayhem. And it's basically like a mini physical challenge game, kind of like a double dare. And mm-hmm. it's like, can you get as many of these as you can in 20 seconds? Each one you grab is worth 10 points for a maximum of 50. Uh, and then like, there's always one Mayhem game to play in every episode, but it was not always played. It was called What's That? Uh, and all you had to do was figure out what this item is. And it's like covered in goop. But the one that I think a lot of people remember is something called the Uh-Oh. It was the name of the show. It is called uh-oh, and what happens is if they lay on the uh-oh, you would hear almost like a whammy, like, uh-oh. Yeah, people would lose their shit. And then the audience freaks out, like, hooray, you landed on uh-oh. The Punisher, who is this big, burly dude wearing a gimp mask, like, straight out of, like, a, a, a Brazzers video, uh, would, 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 would run up to the partner grab them like they're in trouble like get you and then shove them like like a bully into a locker into like a shower room. <laughs> like just like a weird shower curtain with door that's the most fucked up thing to me like when they land on uh oh it's not that like this grown man is like, well it's pretty messed up this this grown man is like manhandling these children um but it's not the kid who lands on uh oh that goes into the goo chamber it's it's their friend their friend, their partner in the show is going in the uh-oh room. In the uh-oh room, they're wearing goggles, and they don't see shit. And they're, like, just, like, can't breathe because you see, like, fog in this chamber. And yep. then Wink Yahoo is, like, excited that there's uh-oh. He's like, oh, you hit the uh-oh. Yeah, this gross rockabilly fuck. Yeah, oh, we should, we've not even brought up Wink Yahoo yet, haven't we? <laughs> Okay, so Wink Yahoo is the host of the show. He's played by a man named Scott Yaffe. If you don't know who he is, good, whatever. So yeah, Wink, because Wink Martindale, and Yahoo, because, I don't know, internet? Yeah. Uh, so he, his whole gimmick is he is stereotypical game show host. Like, he's supposed to wear this ultra-large pompadour. Like, they would make Adam Conover over Tremble and Fear. Yes. He has these, like, plaid sequin, like, suits they're supposed to look like 70s and like just tacky as hell. And like it was just it just looks like a big ass tie. I don't know if we can put this all on. Uh Oh, like are Americans familiar with Don Cherry? Yeah, it's somewhat Don Cherry. Yeah, I could say. Don have, you, have you seen like his suits? Yeah, it's like a Don Cherry suit. But yeah, uh... like looking like an asshole on TV is like part of our heritage. Yeah, but imagine if Don Cherry had a bedazzler. Like that's yeah, all you got. He's rockabilly Don Cherry with a with a bedazzler. Yeah, <laughs> and like he would try, and it's, his whole personality is trying to be game show host. So it's like cartoonification game show. So it's hey guys, I'm a game show host. I'm Wink Yahoo. Hey, we're having fun here today. And uh oh, it's it's like a it's like a game show host you would see on a cartoon. And you're just like, I've never, heard. I'll say this. I've watched game shows my whole life. 
I don't know what they're doing with this like stereotype contestant like of a game show host. Like I watch these game show hosts. That that's not Jim Perry. That's not that's not even Pat Sajak or Trebek. That's like who are they trying to emulate? Jim Perry? <laughs> like I um I definitely wish they had got Wink Yahoo as Wink Yahoo to host the Price is Right after Bob Barker retired instead of uh, Drew Carey. Oh, tough luck! Awesome. You don't win that trip to the to the Yukon. Oh, that sucks. That would have been amazing. Well, the actual retail price of your showcase is whoop forty two thousand two fifty. I'm 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 shocked and horrified. He's not still doing game shows as Wink Yahoo. Oh, you mean kind of get- like a. <laughs> Because there's some people like in like like Don like a uh, Keith Lemon in the UK where it's like they're forced to be that character from now on. So yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so you're seeing like so Wink Yahoo's like they're I guess the the game show Pee Wee Herman of you're you're forced to be <laughs> Wink Yahoo for the rest of your life. Wink Yahoo. You're a Canadian. DM me on Twitter. We'll we'll make our own game show. Wink Yahoo. Please go on game shows. I suppose we don't want Scott Yaffe. We want Wink Yahoo. <laughs> Everyone uh, listening right now, uh, go on Twitter.com at Wink Yahoo, which I'm sure is not his legal name. You'll probably have to finagle Scott some Yaffe, stuff. we need to you to that. legally change your name to Wink Yahoo before you agree to the terms of this podcast. <laughs> but get Wink Yahoo on the show. Not as himself, but as Wink Yahoo. And he has like, to be the voice. He has to be like, yeah. oh, whoop. So anyway, back to the... <laughs> Yeah, so this uh-oh, because he gets so excited for uh-ohs, because, hey, we're hurting kids or something. Yeah. He would then ask this nearly impossible question to these kids. Like, this isn't even stuff that would be really taught in, in, in the education system. Uh, so it'd be like, if something is 200, and se- if an angle is 270 degrees, what is it called? An acute angle? A right angle? An obtuse angle? <laughs> Yeah, just stuff that kids like. The only kids who got that question right were like flukes. And it's, then if they get it wrong, it's like, oh, you say it's this, but it's that. Punisher. And then the Punisher in this little gimp mask, who, by the way, is has a lavalier microphone, and you can't even hear a word he says. No, because the mask is zipped up. Like, it is a gimp mask. It, gimp it, it mask. looks like a luchador mask, but it's a gimp mask. <laughs> my favorite one uh, was uh there was one where it was uh, like it was like how many somethings is it two four six or eight and then someone said like four and the answer was two. Oh, sorry it's two they go to punisher two rhymes with poo <laughs> ten dumps brown goop I like the idea that like he's a performance actor and he actually just shit in a bucket and like <laughs> feces on <laughs> They're like, listen, you're fired. <laughs> look, Punisher, look, I know you you're really into the character bit, but look, uh we can't have you uh defecate in the bucket here. We had some very bad complaints from some angry mothers from the last couple of tapings. We can't keep telling them cornstarch corn and water just smells bad. We can't. They're going to figure it out, Punisher. Punisher, look, all you got, look, we gave you all of these buckets of, of, of blue and, and yellow. So that is supposed to be colorful. So when, it, when it splashes on them, it's like silly and colorful like a cartoon. You can't just like, you know, 
defecate in the bucket and then give these kids pink eye. That's just not gonna. <laughs> that's not gonna roll. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It gets worse because that's just regular. Uh oh! In round two, uh, well, before we get to round two, we have to get to slime tour. Uh, slime tour is a fun obstacle course. Uh, where you get to go to a fun place in Canada. It's such as Alberta. Uh, uh, Alberta's just cold Texas. Saskatoon's <laughs> in season two. Moose Jaw. Uh, Saskatoon, also cold Texas. Uh, so- Sudbury, Ontario. Yeah. I I'm looking it's... at these names, and these, uh, except for Montreal, Quebec, or Quebec City, Quebec, or Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> These aren't like you know. I'm I'm gonna be honest. These or Victoria, British Columbia. Okay, so that's like somewhat. Of, oh, Victoria is a beautiful city. Okay, like or Winnipeg. I'm in there. Okay, I Winnipeg. All right. So it's like some. Winnipeg is a lot of these great. are like not even like Central Park of a big established city. <laughs> like these just yeah. seem like the mayor of some town that just needs desperate for for tourism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. inviting the uh oh squad in. Because uh, it's like, you know, like, I'm American. I know some of these cities, and it's like, they're beautiful. They're wonderful, wonderful foliage, grass, or if you like cold weather, winter. Cold weather, winter. We got those in Canada. Not where I live, though. You got uh, St. John, New Brunswick. Yeah, that's a place you can go to here. <laughs> that's a place. So yeah, it, it exists. Just, it's a place with an open field. Like so, I think the original intention is like if we went to a park because they call it the slime tour. Originally, it's called the field games, and the idea is supposed to be here are three more teams of two people who have no like care at all of what's going on in the uh oh studio, and they get yeah. to do a relay race where they get to do a messy game. Like oh, they gotta pop four balloons, and then they gotta sit on four balloons, and then they gotta look in the big old muck for some balloons. <laughs> Have you, have you ever seen the movie The Poughkeepsie Tapes? <laughs> it's it's about the serial killer, right? But like, and they're going through like all his found footage of like weird stuff he did. But like, one of the first tapes they look at is like him, like it's all just balloon fetish shit, <laughs> and like it's just like he's paying prostitutes to like sit on balloons till they pop. And like, there's one scene that always sticks with me, and this prostitute's like, "What do you want me to do?" And he's like, "Pop it," and she's like, "Uh," and he's like, "Pop it," and I imagine because he can't see his face, so I imagine it's just Wink Yahoo now. Puppet! <laughs> a whoop! Horrifying movie. Don't watch it if you're easily. <laughs> oh frightened. no, it gets worse. Are you ready for Slime Tour? Yeah. This show lasted five seasons, by the way. Which is amazing. Which I would be interested to know what was the show after it for those okay. five seasons. So, so how many episodes do you think uh, uh Oh had? Hundred. Two hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> That's too many episodes of Uh Uh-Oh. Uh-Oh. Can you buy the DVDs on Amazon? I mean, no, but you can find these episodes on YouTube for some bizarre reason. Yeah, Uh, but can I own physical copies? Okay, so... Oh, six seasons. My bad. Uh, So, season four of Slime Tour was sponsored by Sunny Delight. (laughs) The... The company that recently came out and tweeted, I can't do this anymore. Something. Yes. The, the, the pressing sad chant, the sunny delight. Oh, that's not a sunny delight. When you think sunny delight, you think warm sunshine, and then you also think clinical depression as well. <laughs> Folks, go see a therapist. I need to some one day. Uh, so, 
Uh, when Slamtor changed his name to Field Games during the show's sixth and, se- and final season, all of the games were played in Toronto instead. Oh, the big city. So they actually went to a big city. They're like, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. go next door. Yeah. This was filmed at the Global Television Studio in Toronto, by the way. So we'll yeah. just go next door. Uh, so the teams got to predict which of the three teams, yellow, orange, or purple, would uh, complete the challenge and be the first to win. If they're right, they get 35 points. If they're wrong, nothing happens. Uh, nothing it, happens. Nothing happens. And it's the teams are the blue team, the green team, and the red team in the main game. In that mm-hmm. order. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. Nothing blue happens. goes first, then the green team, then red. So if you're red, you have the advantage of going last. So in the event of a trade and spin... <laughs> so, like, red team has an advantage out of the gate. Out of the gate. Yes. That's such a crock of shit. Hey, life isn't like, fair. Like, like, they should at least have to flip a coin for Like, that's what I think they should do. Like, have, like, a... a I mean, we do have that part in the in the show, but we'll get to that in a, like the very very end. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm you know, just we're getting so way ahead of ourselves. The modern reboot is is pretty much where we're heading towards in this. Uh, so round three, uh, it's the same as the first round, but now the players switch roles. So the people who got uh oh dumped are now the ones spinning the wheel, and the ones that uh, are going to be faced with the uh oh chamber are the ones that uh, that spin in the first round, so they can get some revenge. But this time the wheel is now like a stationary wheel and there's like a weird spin pinwheel. Uh, this time around, uh, there is <clears throat> three O spaces, three mayhem spaces, two speedrun spaces, one dumb space, one spin, win and spin, one lose and spin, one trade and spin. In season two, the one of the uh-oh spaces was no longer uh-oh, but oh, rather uh-oh deluxe. And this is the part where you're like, what's uh-oh deluxe? Oh, I'm sorry. What's uh-oh deluxe? Uh-oh deluxe was introduced in the show's second season. It's the deluxe version of O. It's worth 75 points, but it has a more difficult question. But this time, if you're wrong, you get two buckets of slime. <laughs> in seasons two to three, the second bucket of goo was often made of metal and usually contained a more oily, shiny type goo that had sparkles in it. What the fuck? Yes. So they would just put like a more viscous and gross goo on these children? Oh, jeez. So... Uh, the spot was changed slightly in the show's fourth season in which Wink would make the spinner taste or sniff something, usually blindfolded in the second <clears> half of the season, no, and make them guess what ingredients it contained. No, because I know the Punisher's out there shitting in those buckets. This is based off a sketch called Nonsense on It's Alive. The spinner would then be given multiple choice answers, in which were only shown to the home audience. The second bucket mixture in the fourth season also changed uh, to become a more thick mixture inside the bucket. Oh, deluxe revised the original question moment. The fifth and second bucket of goo was mostly the same as the first. Unchanged was the habit of doing two rides. Boom. <laughs> uh, so uh, another fun thing was later on, they replaced one of the Oh, deluxe spaces with picket. In Picket, you got to choose what you want to do. So what do you want to do? You want to do uh-oh? You want to do the, the speed round, the dump, mayhem? I want, to, I want to meet the kid that didn't pick the speed round. That was just like, yeah, I'll do uh-oh. I'll just do uh and in the course. <laughs> I won't Agum, You can do uh-oh deluxe. You can do uh-oh deluxe. You can get 75 points. <laughs> oh, no, it gets worse because now we have to get talk about the best space ever in the history of uh-oh. That was only allowed in the last season, season six. Okay. Fruit Gushers! Oh, that's right. They had a tie-in with Gushers. 
this spot replaced Pickett during the show's sixth and final season, requires the spinner's partner to bob for oversized fruit gushers, floating in a giant fruit gusher within a 20-second time limit. Each gusher had team color and point value. Team 1 points were indicated between 5 and 75. How big were gushers in America? Oh, very big. Oh, really big. They're huge here. But, like, the thing is, like, parents would give them to their kids for lunch and they were just fucking gummy candy oh yeah yeah no 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 well same over here in fact i believe one point was like in lunchables like yeah, lunch- that, that that blows my mind now like honestly like did you have those same commercials food? where it's like you had the kid eat the fruit snack and then it's like oh their head's now a giant orange yeah and it's like oh there's so much orange and it's so good for you and it's like fucking candy come on and and you're like a five year old. You're like terrified. You're a body horror. Like I don't want my head to turn to watermelon. This is horrifying. Or you did, if you're like me. This is I've I've seen I've seen uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I know what happens if you're a giant blueberry. They just gotta juice you. No, don't juice me. No, no, no. Oh, uh, but Sorry. yeah, the fruit weird gushers. tangent about gushers. So, uh, prizes. This is the this is all according to the Wikipedia page. By the way, this is how boring it is. We're going through the wiki page. Mm-hmm. All right. Prizes are awarded to an each show and over the course series included. This is the grand prize: super soakers, mountain yeah, bikes, stereos. Audience members would always receive hubba bubba bubble gum. Very exciting. Other prizes included Oreo cookies. Yeah, humiliate yourself and be abused by a a weird guy in a gimp mask for a fucking cookie, kids. (laughs) The 1998 edition of Canadian and World Encyclopedia CD-ROM. What the fuck? (laughs) I'm not kidding. Rock candy. Okay. Planters peanuts. I ate... A a tiger electronic bop it. I get bop it. Did they just send a fucker to the store with 25 bucks? If you, like, bring back something for the prize. Yeah, they went to the Target. They got a shopping cart, and they just went, fuck it. Uh, here, what do you have? We'll bop it here. Wonka oh, candies. Goodness. Yeah. Vortman cookies. There you go. Oh, wait. I have to correct you for a more topical Canadian uh, rep. They went to the Zellers, which oh. is also now out of business. <laughs> Much like Target here. They, they, but, yeah. You, you had to be a Canadian ambassador here. Yeah, it uh, was New Zellers. York color. Which I don't remember was like wasn't that a clothing brand New York color or I think so. Juiced up from dare. Okay. Armstrong cheese. Yo play tubes because remember Gogurt was like the big thing for a while there. The yo play tube. Okay, so like when you were a kid, did you ever put the play like yogurt tubes in the freezer? Yeah, because you're supposed to get frozen yogurt. Like that's the idea. Yeah, that was I would still do that as an adult. Like if I could could find yo if I could buy yogurt tubes. They are and, still like, all over the place here in America. So. I rarely see them here, and even when I see them, I can't be that grown man who like buys a yogurt tube. So I guess next time you're over across the border and one of the borders, Washington would be closest. Go over and steal some YoPlay tubes. Smuggle yo- yogurt tubes. At least I don't think we have yogurt tubes anymore. I, I'm never looking for them because like I only eat like old people's snotty yogurt that's like plain and. Don't you want like fruit shit. punch or strawberry raspberry with R A Z Z hyphen? Every day of my life, Jordan. That's all I want. I still want Dunkaroos. It's not going to happen for me though. Do they not have Dunkaroos anymore? Brianna, they don't have Dunkaroos in, Cal- in America. They don't have. Well, them I think we. One second. I gotta. I gotta. Brianne, here's a Brianne cameo. One sec. Brianne. Yeah. I need you to come over the microphone for a second. 
We need to talk about Dunkaroos. Yeah. Sorry, this is, Jordan. This is no problem. This is the Brian and Matt episode, folks. Okay. Brian, yeah. can you still get Dunkaroos in Canada? Yeah, you can get Dunkaroos. What the fuck? Jordan's saying you can't get Dunkaroos in, in America anymore. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but you, we have yeah, no yeah, plain Dunkaroos tubes. last year, man. Yeah. You, you've had Dunkaroos recently. Yeah. I work in childcare. Of course I had Dunkaroos. All right, Jordan, come to Canada. We'll get you some Dunkaroos. Hell yeah, we'll hook you up. Does this mean like I have to smuggle in the Oplay oh, tubes oh, yeah. and then you bring the Dunkaroos and it's like a trade-off kind of thing? Yeah, this is how the cartel works. This is, hey, we learned about cartels when you were in school. You know, you did the, the food trades when you were at lunch. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what, that's whoever was the person that traded the food items. You know who you are, kids. You know that one guy who's like, I'll trade the Oreos for the Chips Ahoy or the M&Ms for the... For the Reese's Cups? You know who that kid is. Uh, yeah, and they would always try and, like, down-haggle you. That they would always haggle you, but you know what? They would always ultimately make a good deal, mm-hmm. and that and those people would wind up on Dragon's Den now. <laughs> selling. <laughs> I was going to say, and then they would grow up and be the president. They would grow up and... No, not our president. <laughs> no, our president would be like, oh, uh, here, here, everyone, it's time for Jordan's amazing Donald Trump impression. I'm ready. Uh, oh, boy, oh... Uh, <clears throat> Reese's Pieces. Everyone loves Reese's Pieces. M&M's. Everyone loves M&M's. Skittles. Oh, you know what? How about we just put them in the pool, we'll mix it up, and then we'll give it to everybody, right? Everyone likes that. Then It's like communism. And then everyone's like, that's communism. And it's like, go have one. And they spit out because it's the Reese's Pieces. Well, then you're not going to have any more. (laughs) More for me. And then you start chomping down the whole bowl. Just eating a By the fistful. By the fistful. Uh... I'm sorry I took us on this tangent. No, that's fine. I'm now disapp- now I'm depressed. Thank you. I want Dunkaroos no. and you want yogurt tubes and now we have to make something happen. The nice ab- This is it, folks. We got to get the C- we got to get the CBC news. We got ABC news on the line here. Finally, uh, American Canadian uh, <laughs> war is over through the passing of Dunkaroos and Yo Play yep. tubes. Yep. Uh, they also tried that with Jello by the way in the 90s. Like, they actually tried to do gelatin in those same tubes. Um, no. What? Yes. What the fuck? I'm trying to imagine that. I, I have, like, a visceral reaction to, like, uh, jello, though, because I used to cook in a hospital. Oh, no. I cooked a lot of jello in my day. Lots of Boston Market gelatin. All right. Uh, and then finally, of course, the Fruit Gushers. Uh, earlier episodes, the team laying on the dump on a wheel, would win two Rawlings NCAA basketballs, one for each team member, regardless of the outcome. Uh, That's sweet. In one episode, Uh-Oh was not laying on all during the show, leaving the Punisher depressed. Since the game ended a few minutes ahead of schedule, one lucky audience member would have a chance to win a basketball by answering an Uh-Oh question asked by Sam. An incorrect answer got the dumping. They just need to dump those kids. We got this bucket of poop. What are we going to do with it? He's been uh, going in all week. If you put it in the toilet, it'll stuff it up. <laughs> That's how it goes. Just, uh-oh. Uh, he show... lives in the set. He's out of control. Oh, gee. Uh, the show ended April 19th, 2003. 13 years old when that ended. So let's see. What is the What show debuted in the same year as 2003 on YTV? All right. It's 2003. Martin Mystery. Didn't. Don't know that, that one. That was a cartoon. Uh, Time Blazers. Don't know that Mental one. Mental Block. The don't Biddles. Know that one. Uh, I, I'm curious as to what, like, their their time like what was happening after uh-oh because uh-oh was always like a buffer show you know 
Yes. They're, YTV is still on the air. They have two shows, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Go Away Unicorn. What I do remember about around that time, era 12, 13, is everyone got satellite dishes. And so we would get Teletoon, which was a much better uh, cartoon channel, but as well as like other um, American cartoon channels. You can also get Reboot, the Guardian Code. Hell yeah. You know that Reboot of Reboot. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. Wait, when is that happening? Oh, geez. Ja- Japanesey going, going gong. Why? Uh, Beyblade. Uh-oh. What's up, Beyblade? Prank Patrol. Did they, like, lose Pokemon? Because I feel like... The Adventures of Sam and Max. So let's see. Poke. Yeah, they did not have Pocket Monsters on YTV. At least whoa, they did not say it was an original after, Let's see. Program. Pokemon. Yeah, they had Pokemon. They had Pokemon till 20, 2005. Oh, great. Okay, so that wasn't it. I don't know. They could also watch live-action movies such as The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. I remember that. YTV and uh, Teletoon. Fucking amazing late night. You had, uh, um, what was Pig? Not Pig Show. Duckman. Duckman with Jason Alexander. You had some weird... Um, it was like a sci-fi show. I think it was British about them being tra- trapped on an island or uh, a planet. Like they had a lot of weird, like indie cartoons on super late. Um, it was always check on a Friday the CBBC night. for some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So after watching, uh Oh, I only watched, you know, you only watched one episode with me today. I watched yes. like eight. I've, I've seen many episodes of my childhood and you forgot how horrifying the show was. You know, like when you're a kid, it's easier to repress trauma. And maybe that's what we're going with here. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just think we should just bring back Wink Yahoo. There is a Uh Oh fan site, by the way, but it's. I, uh, I remember that was when I first learned about the show Uh Oh. I um, I definitely think it's like one of those things. Like I did disgusting when I was a child. Cause like, yeah, I want some cookies. What and you- now I'm a kid. It's like these people are being abused for like a pack of Oreos. These children. Hey, someone's gonna win some hubba bubba gum. It's like you kids want to be on TV, like like other game shows. It's like oh, you get a fucking cruise, you get a washer dryer, you get something like in the thousands. It's like he's like, you want some fucking cookies and bubble gum? I'm gonna fucking this man's gonna grab you and we're gonna pour shit on you. Kids game show. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at this last season, and yeah, they're not really uh, choking contestants. <laughs> So being a little bit more right. ginger guy got a little too angry <laughs> i i feel like he got a talking to about it. like how hard he was handling the kids Do that. Can't, everyone gets well they, they replaced him midway through so it was probably that was I, I would wager money that's i don't want to wager money in case it was some terrible reason you wager fruit gushers i will wager fruit gushers and if he had to leave because he got sick or someone in his life got sick or hurt i'm very sorry that, that would... <laughs> but uh that's so now we get to talk about uh-oh like overall so like this show kind of at some points it, it's a good capsulation of children because you have the action system, you have funny trivia in terms mm-hmm. you have a field games so and no matter what there's a physical challenge and then you get just like torture yeah just absolute torture which i think follows the philosophy of canadian kids programming mm-hmm. where you have to do farts and poop and pee and Farts and farts and poop poop. Yes, we love all those things here in Canada. So you says it on our Monday. So if you're our money says fart poop poop pee pee. You just gotta go fart fart poop poop, 
And all the kids that's were like, me. that's funny. I like you. Yeah. So the, the, that was a real head of its time, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, also, like, you look at how Canadians have historically treated young people, especially young indigenous people. So that's what we need. We need to have indigenous people on us. Uh, no. We did enough to them. No, we did enough. Canadians did enough to indigenous communities. But it's okay. If they win, they get a sovereign nation. They get sovereign land. Uh, they should just have get that. Gushers. Everyone wins. How about this? They they just run uh-oh now. They just get to goop white people. Yeah, this is the retribution. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I think this show is okay, but I think the format is obviously broken with the trade-in spins. Yeah. And also, there yeah. is no way to do a toss-up to determine who gets that third place. It definitely feels like a show where something flawed would come up, and the, like literally in the room they were talking about it, it's like they're fucking kids; they won't care. They don't care. It's just a kids' show. Mess. Just give them mess. They don't care about the rules. Yeah, they just want to see a kid get shit all over them. You know, they don't care. They're not rooting for anyone, red or blue. They don't care. Uh, uh, <laughs> they don't care. They don't. Really, but there are people in the audience that wear different shirts. To determine who is their favorite. And I guess that's who wins the Oreo cookies. Oh, gotta get those Oreos. So now we get to the big important question here. Because I think we'll say this. First of all, in with the set. Uh, we talked about what happens each round. What's the format? What do they win? Crap. Uh, what is adapted from something? A, a skit. It was from a sketch show. Uh, what does it look? It looks cheap. There's a very cheap... There's a TV screen... Uh, there is a cage. Like, it looks like something straight out of the WWE. Yes. Uh, it definitely feels like a wrestling spinoff. There is a 36-inch television next to what looks like cardboard that says game show on it. (laughs) With star, Like, oh, I didn't know we were on a game show. Oh, that makes sense. You have bleachers that look like straight out of, like, the park. And that's where the audience sits on. Yes. You have uh, the the dump, which is like the only elaborate prop on stage. Yes. You have two wheels, both of which look like they could break at any moment. Yeah, it's really shoddily put together. Like it's glitter, like glitter glue. Yeah. Uh, like the maybe, kids must build the set before they go on air. Maybe that's what they're trying to go for, like trying to make it look like kids can rebuild a O set or something. Yeah, maybe. Like uh, a pub on Oreos. The speed round is just this big circle that says speed round on it, and they have to walk over to the speed round area to answer the speed round questions. They should have to run. They have to run over there. We're running out of time. Uh, <laughs> Start timing them as soon as the option is selected. So how is the... Uh, and Wink Yahoo is there, and Wink is like stereotypical, whoa, what's up? I love it. And Patricia is the only one that's actually like a real game show host. Yeah, totally. But the whole gimmick yeah, is she speaks really fast, so you don't understand what she's saying. So she's going really fast, and she's going to tell you you have a ball, you're dropping down ball. Yeah, because it was the nineties, that was cool. There is later on, Mister Voiceman, which was Dwayne Hill, would be voiced by Mike Nug. Hell yeah, Mike Nug. Mike Nug. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Mike Nug. Yeah. So the. The idea is supposed to be that we, we at this point, uh, talk about the story of the game. And really, all it is is just, here's a whimsical version of a game show, I guess, mm-hmm. with Wink Yahoo, who is boyfriends with the Punisher in his Hopefully. weird gimp warehouse. 
We have a team versus team versus team situation. But the person with the most points wins after four spins and one field exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, production's okay. I mean, the props for the Mayhem games are, are actually okay. Uh, I mean, like, for a kid's show, like, you know. But yeah, now it's... we get to go to the fun part. This is it. Uh, should the show be rebooted? If so, how? Uh, yes, as a live show. Live show, you see. Yes, I want Wink Yahoo, the Punisher, in a big, big van camper to go across Canada and just give, give me live shows of uh-oh. Like, to a 2019 audience, like, hey, kids, welcome to uh-oh live. Yeah, because you're going to get parents that are nostalgic for it, and they'll bring their kids. They'll be like, yeah, get up on stage with Wink Yahoo. And Who's Wink like... Yahoo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he on YouTube? Exactly. Give me give me a little live show. Give me a YouTube red. Just give me something weird. <laughs> give me give me Ninja as the host. Ninja as the Punisher. <laughs> no, we can't be the Punisher. He's too scrawny. It needs to be like uh, Randy Orton from the WWE. Or, or give me um, instead of children, it's YouTubers, like really stupid ones. Really stupid YouTubers in the Big Show. It's like in Logan, the the Paul brothers. On a own <laughs> one-off special for charity, and yeah. by charity, uh, the charity gets gushers. But the, the risk with YouTubers is the N-word is always around the corner. There's something, something new around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Going to say, well, uh-oh. <laughs> what do you say when you're streaming PUBG and you get really mad? <laughs> <laughs> What do you say when you send DMs to your fans of new- Don't believe the lies. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that's it. It's like the worst kind of YouTube. You need pro Jared. Like John Tron. <laughs> like just give me those. Those guys playing uh oh. Just <laughs> shitty people in uh oh. And just hate watch it, I guess. That's a good way of going about your version of uh oh. Yeah. And then everyone can be a fan. They're like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Joey Salads. <laughs> Don't put him in the tube. He might pee. <laughs> pee rhymes with glee. Excellent. Joey Salads would actually like shit in the tube. He wouldn't even put it in the bucket first. <laughs> he wouldn't even be the Punisher. He'd just shit in the chamber like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Can't believe the 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 <laughs> the left would do this. But no, like, unironically, I think if you, oh, I think a live show would be great or an internet show. Like, I yeah, think, like, like a nostalgic grab, like what they do for Double Dare here in America. Um, I, I, I think obviously, like, maybe like give kids a little bit more respect, like in terms of how you handle them, but also in terms of the complexity of the show, because kids are just people, but small. So maybe treat them like that. But that's just my All right. Opinion. All right. So here, here we go. Ready? Yes. Uh, if they, I had to make a oh. Uh, first of all, I would uh, make sure it's all two, per- it's three person teams of two who all know each other. So that way, when there's an uh oh, there is somewhat of like a shit. That's my sister. Or <laughs> what if it's your grandparents? You could put grandparents. Like that'd your be funny. Grandparents. They oh, put them actually, in. that'd be actually an interesting way of doing uh oh as a parent and kid. Yeah, that would. Be, I think it'd be a great like family. Show. That's a good idea. So then they do a toss up challenge like a mayhem. And yeah. it, everyone plays in the order, and whoever wins gets to decide the turn order. So who goes first, who goes second, who goes third. So that way there's that advantage of going last in the final round. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, They also get the first points of the show full 15 points. And then other than that, the rules are still played the same. Spin the wheel. See what's it going to be. Uh-oh, still worth the points. Mayhem still worth the points. The dump now is like a vertical wheel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The wheel doesn't look cheap. Uh, but now when there's an uh-oh, instead of the Punisher showing up and like manhandling your, your dad or yourself, <laughs> like what you just get is like a dark, scary set and it makes it look like, you know, you're facing an inquisition. So now when like someone gets the question wrong... And it's supposed to be something where it's almost like a speed round, where it's you got to get three right in like 10 seconds. And it's all true or false or whatever. If you fail once of the three, you lose. But you get consolation points for one or two points, like five or 10 points. But what happens is then like out of like the sky, here comes like the poop or the gunk or feathers or something silly. Like I would, I would say the Punisher needs to live on some capacity. You want the you want the Punisher on there in I, some regard. I want him. I don't want him touching the children. Oh no! But no, I, I, w- I was thinking get the Punisher to beat the shit out of Wink Yahoo and become the host oh. on the uh oh. Well, I feel like that should be like one punishment as kid kid gets a wrong answer. Like the Punisher like grabs his dad and beats him up in front of him. No, you're not beating up the kid. <laughs> we're not. No, we're not beating up the kid. We're beating up the kid's dad in front of the kid, so the kid will never look at his father as like a strong male type again. That's not. We're not doing that. <laughs> Because then the like- drive home is going to be really quiet and awkward because the dad has like a, a black eye. The mom is like, did you have fun in there? <laughs> is that what you wanted? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> well, we got a Nintendo Switch out of it. Sure. You got to play some Donkey Kong tonight. Your dad have to take an ibuprofen. He's got a concussion. So you really want to go all in with like distraction level of pain on these dads and kids? I mean, like, I feel like the Punisher should be a part of it because, like, a big part of Uh Oh and what I feel like coasted it for a surprising six years on like what is like a very shallow game show is like the aesthetic of it because it is very weird. And then what I would argue is this is a show that needs a bonus round. Yes. And that is the uh-oh bonus round, where they're both in the chamber with the Punisher asking oh, questions. fuck. Now that's what I want. It's like whoever wins goes into uh-oh. You know, you get the two tubes going, and instead of, like, Punisher handling both tubes, you get, like, the Punishette, and you can give the Punisher a love interest. <laughs> is that something for the AO3 crowd? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inside shipping him with Wink Yahoo, like me. Uh <laughs> Hey, like the triples are a thing. That's fine. Hey, it's it's okay. We all welcome poly relationships here. This is a non-judgmental zone. But like, still, I think we need to have like a bonus round where it's like, okay, you need to answer like five questions, and if for each one you get wrong, you lose a prize, and you get covered in goop or flour or whipped cream or. I, I would like a um like a Russian rule style like series of like you know how they do the question a bunch of questions really fast like maybe like back and forth between two kids like a russian roulette you don't know which question is gonna get you oh that that's where i was thinking of like that would be cool too where it's like you spin the wheel again one final wheel you don't know which which is which it Mm -hmm. might be a good prize it might be a great prize like a trip to disneyland or something yeah and then we could just say "Uh uh-oh and then you just win the uh oh slime (laughs) you just (laughs) won the slime you just get to bring it home the Punisher comes by your house every day to make sure you haven't thrown it out. 
Did you come near the slime? Did you have the slime? Show me the slime. Right here. Good. <laughs> See you tomorrow. But he never stops. <laughs> You're in high school. Did you have the slime? Jesus Christ, the show's been canceled for five years. He's in co- the kid's in college now. Like, clear no one's paying the Punisher to do this. He just doesn't. Don't you have, like, a family or something? <laughs> like, Yeah, it's called Slime. Slime is his family. That's a, you sure? Because, like, if you need a house, we'll gladly, like, help you out here, Punisher. Like, really? Uh. <laughs> no one's really barred me over for dinner before. Oh, this is a sweet story now. I like this. <laughs> and that Punisher was, you guessed it, Kevin O'Leary from TV's oh, Dragon's no. Day. No, 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 no. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that, that, that will do it for us here on the uh, uh-oh part of the show. Uh, I think the show's fun. It's quirky enough that it's like if it's on, I will still watch it. Mm-hmm. It's still it's mostly harmless. Um, um, it, it, how it exists in Canada is you will go to a party and every once in a while someone will be like, hey, you remember uh-oh? And everyone will be like, yeah, yeah, I used to watch it all the time as a kid. And they won't talk about anything else about the show. They'll just go, it's a weird fucking show, right? Yeah, it's not not normal. Hi, so all the people of Canada, yes, you're right. It is a weird show. <laughs> it's not normal. Oh, you know what? Should this show come to America? That's a good question. Like, How would an American in, version of this show work? In Canada, we are kind of socialist, and we have kind of socialist values. So I'd be really interested to see, like, especially because you see it reflected so in like American game shows and lotteries and stuff like that the the hyper capitalist and the hyper individualistic ideas um i think it's just gonna be money and prizes like press your luck myself i would be interested to see um it go to america but it's even things like the uh uh-oh where it's slimed it's your friend like and the only downside is like your buddy gets slimed and you you feel bad because it's your buddy getting slimed i'd be curious to see how americans could add add a adapt that no offense culturally Oh no! It's gonna. If it was an American version, it'll be one of two ways. One would be it'd be a kids' version, but everything's money or prizes. So it's like instead of points, it's a hundred bucks. Yeah, totally. And it's oh, if you get this right, you win a skateboard. But if you don't, the other player gets the skateboard. And for everyone that you get is a twenty-five dollar uh, Dave and Buster's gift certificate. Oh, you trade and spin. So whose prizes are you gonna take away? Yeah, I feel it would be very mean spirited. But then alternate is like, uh-oh, the uh-ohs are like, well, you got it wrong. We're going to start uh, paintballing your friend without any protection. I feel like they would take it a step further. Like, you're forced to paintball your friend while your friend is not with Yeah, you got to, like, do the painful torture thing. And it's like, oh. Stuff the UN would have things to say. Yeah, let's, 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 you have to turn on the shock collar. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Hey, don't you want the BMX bike or not, kid? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we gotta waterboard your 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 daughter here. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I feel also it'd be stuff like they would like bring your like bike from home. Oh, like if you get this MTV's wrong, trashed it. Like yeah, just... it's like if you get this wrong, like the Punisher's gonna come out with a bat and just mangle you. Oh, look, we brought your uh, save states of video games. <laughs> We're gonna just delete them right here. Just like that's the MTV's trash level bullshit. I hate that. Yeah. But I feel like that's what it would become. No offense, Americans. I love all of you. The sad part is that might be true, and I would hate that with every fiber of my body. According to YouTube, Americans are my number one demographic. 
now, so I can't be too rude. I'm going to refresh every time, so that way I'm number one fan. <laughs> uh, so now that we realize that the show is torture uh, yes it is and we know that questions are the most fun part of the show it's time for our version of the speed round All right. but, but instead of 10 questions in 20 seconds this is just 5 questions in 60 seconds alright for everyone that you get right you get 1 free plug Okay. you can get up to 5 free plugs here Matt Okay. want to play? I will, I will play this game. 60 seconds on the clock. All right. Is Tim Hortons really that great? No. Is the speed oh, round really that great? It's okay. Name something that would make Americans jealous of Canada. Healthcare. How many fruit gushers can you eat in one sitting? Zero. What would go into a Jordan Hops? Pass. Oh, that's it. You got five. Oh, that's... You passed the number five. Wow. And it's still considered a right answer. What would go into Jordan? I have to click. Is that your full name? Jordan Haas. Oh, Haas. I thought you said hops. So am I? I thought you were referencing the fact that... I did say hops, as in the pun. H-O-P-S. Oh, because you beer. Because I I wasn't sure. Because if you just said your name, I was... The Jordan Haas, as we established in a recent episode of another podcast, uh, is when you go to Taco Bell and you get one-third uh, Kickstart Orange and two-thirds uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar. Oh. So you get a nice orange Pepsi twist. That sounds nice. A refreshing twist to go with your Crunch Wrap Supreme. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind people that. It's with your Crunch Wrap Supreme with fire sauce, you get yourself the Jordan Haas, which is one-third Orange Kickstart, two-thirds Pepsi Zero Sugar. Don't forget the ice. And now I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be like, I don't. I forgot a word he said. I thought this was a game show podcast. There's only one Taco Bell near where I live. It's like one of the only Taco Bells in BC. There's like very little. And the reason was back in the day, McDonald's actually made a Taco Bell sign a contract saying they wouldn't be allowed to set up shop uh, very frequently in BC or something to that effect. All right. So, so what do you think would go into a Jordan Hops? Of a Jordan Jordan Hops beer, yeah. I think you would be a a refreshing sixty percent pills and malt with forty uh, percent wheat malt. Um, I think there would be sweet orange peel as well into the primary and secondary, give you a little citrusy flavor. I think it would be a combination of Galaxy Hops because you know it's quirky, much like yourself as well as um, some citra hops to bring out some of those uh, refreshing flavors. I I like this. Now we're going to drink it and pair it up for the next summer. Jordan hops come in. I'll make some Jordan hops. That'll be my next project. It's the big can of the party. (laughs) Yep. I'll make some Jordan hops and get some Dunkaroos. Yay. Happy birthday, me. You have five plugs, Matt. I got five plugs, so I guess my first plug, if I'm allowed to use it, would be this podcast. And you. It's very good. All righty, you can do that. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, that's a, that's a free plug. You got one. Four left. Um, my second plug would be my amazing partner, Brianne, um, at Brie Aggressive, I believe, on Twitter. I should know that. I know her phone number off my card. Not only that, you know where she lives. <laughs> yeah, if that's not her on twitter please just message me someone <laughs> i will hopefully correct that before 
Um, third. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, my good friend who runs a YouTube channel called Dog Martyr. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. That's going to be a treat for you to discover the lore. Maybe you'll recognize my voice. Okay, uh, Dog Martyr. Yes. Um, I believe the quick link to his YouTube channel, because he can't get a custom URL, is www.cash4chunkers.com and for is spelled F-O-U-R. So go to cash4chunkers.com. Um, how many do I have? Two? Two left. So this is talking about me now. I'm going to plug myself. Um, I, I guess I'm at normal Matt, normal underscore Matt on Twitter now. I've got a YouTube the URL is currently Brianna Matt, but that may change. So just follow me on Twitter. I've got some big things coming down the pipe. I've got big changes coming down the pipes. I've got some exciting interviews. I'm I'd like to consider myself an approachable person. So just send me some nice stuff on Twitter, and we'll be friends. Don't read the Reddit. Don't read the subreddits. Uh... Wait, who's saying things about me on Reddit? These, all of these leftists. Have you heard these leftist oh, things? They're all saying fucking these. leftists. These snowflakes. They're all saying shit like, oh, let's redistribute the subscriber counts. And <laughs> and I guess my fifth and final plug would be uh, trans rights or human rights and bully victims. Alrighty. Nah, that's, that's all I got. Just, just to clarify here, uh, Gamers, I suppose, uh, your your wife's Twitter account, dogmartyr at cashforchunkers.com. F-O-U-R. Normal underscore Matt. And finally, trans rights. Trans rights. Trans rights and uh, believe and listen to victims. That's also believe very important to me. Believe and listen to victims. To trans rights and listen. Yes. All, All right. right. That's going to do it. Matt, thank you so much for stopping by and being today's winner. Thanks for having me. What did I win? These plugs. Oh, I thought I got like a washer and dryer trip to Mexico. Try and send over gosh food. Okay. Thank you. No, no. Send me, send me yogurt tubes. Okay, fine. Yogurt tubes. Thank you. Thanks again, Matt, for stopping by. I had a lot of fun uh, recording that a few weeks ago. Matt was supposed to be one of our first guests, by the way, when we were going to go into doing guest shows. So it's great seeing him finally show up. Uh, also, uh, while we're here, uh, Matt's going to be joining us in a, in a few more episodes down the line as we get our, our as we get a reporter for our food competition shows. We have an expert in all of these cooking game shows and who better to to uh give their expertise than somebody who's been in the culinary world for for quite a bit uh speaking of of uh, contests uh, apparently uh <laughs> actually was making some jordan hops and was letting me know how it went and apparently it's really tasty and he's going to take it to a contest so i'm i'm i guess honored that apparently the jordan hops is actually an award-winning uh brew in canada now uh, at least I hope so, because then I, it's like, hey, I'm a big deal in Canada. Why? Because one of my friends made a beer after me. <laughs> but uh, I, I, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, one of my best friends online and one of my favorite content creators over on the internet as well. Uh, anyway, uh, enough lollygagging. I know what you're here for. You're here for the one and only. This is it, folks. This is the one you've been waiting for. The 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is The Pricing Game Spotlight.
Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> um, you're about to play Plinko for a chance to win $50,000. So, yes, Plinko. Premiere date, January 3rd, 1983, 4741D. Finale date with Bob Barker, June 15th, 2007, 4035K. The premiere date with the Drew Carey era, October 15th, 2007, 4041K. Era of order, October 16th, 2007. Plinko is the most popular pricing game on The Price is Right, debuting January 3rd, 1983, and created by the late, great Frank Wayne. Frank Wayne, many of you do not know who he is. He, yes, he created Plinko. He was also one of the executive producers for Price is Right when it started in 1972 and then on. Uh, besides creating Plinko, he also was credited with creating the match game in 1962 and a word search game called Now You See It in 1974 for Mark Goodson and Bill Todman. He also once filled in for Bud Collier on Beat the Clock in the summer of 1953 uh, while he was working as a writer and stunt creator on the show. Uh, this is also fun. He also created a game show called Laugh Line, hosted by Dick Van Dyke. Unfortunately, he passed away on March 18th, 1988. And the day he passed away was when Bob Barker became the executive producer for The Price is Right. Uh, which is very interesting stuff as well, but I think we'll get into that later on. Uh, this is the Plinko episode. If you never know what Plinko is, uh, it's played for a cash prize of up to $50,000 and also cash prizes awarded under $100. It's frequently said to be the most famous of all the pricing games on The Price is Right. I've never seen the game before. Here's how it works. <clears throat> the contestant is given one round flat disc. This is called a Plinko chip. And they can earn up to four more chips using small prizes for a total of five. These small prizes are presented one at a time, each of them bearing a two-digit price, with one of those digits correct while the other is incorrect. The contestant must decide which digit is correct in order to win another Plinko chip as well as the small prize. The contestant then takes the chips they have earned up to a set of stairs and on top of the Plinko board. The board is made up of a field of pegs with each row offset from the previous row. At the bottom of the board are nine slots marked symmetrically from the values from outside the center. $100, $500, $1,000, $0, $10,000, and then of course it goes back to $0, $1,000, $500, $100. One at a time, the contestant lays each Plinko chip flat against the top of the board and then releases it. As the chip falls, it is deflected by pegs, making it virtually impossible to predict where the chips will land. In addition, the sides of the board are in a zigzag pattern, which also allows the contestants to ricochet back towards the center. The contestant wins whatever money corresponds with the slot that the chip lands in, with a running total displayed on a scoreboard next to that Plinko board. If a chip becomes stuck on the board, it is knocked free, the chip does not count, and that chip is returned to the contestant to drop again, using uh, a big long stick to dislodge the chip. Bark referred to his stick as the trusty Plinko stick, while Drew Carey refers to his as just the Plinko stick or the Plinko wand. On Davidson's version, he would whack the stick against the board in a futile attempt to get the chip down instead of simply dislodging it. 
Contestants uh, cannot stop and quit with any money after dropping any Plinko chips. Contestants must drop each Plinko chip, and the total amount accumulates after each drop, as stated above. When Plinko made its debut in January 3rd, 1983, Bob Barker asked, Now, what can Judy win? With a spinning disco bar of $25,000 labeled, Johnny Olsen was sponsored with a chance to win up to $25,000 in cash. At the time of this debut, Plinko's $25,000 cash price was actually the largest ever offered on the prices right at the time, as Barker noted on the game's much-promoted debut as the largest allowed under CBS regulations, as the network upped the, lim- uh, the limits in $25,000 increments, first to $50,000 in 1984, then seventy-five dollars and $100,090, and finally $125,000 in 1992 before they completely abolished the limit on game show winnings in the mid-90s. January 11, 1983, game second plane, Plinko's sign was introduced. The sign was originally placed on the back of the audience, uh, practiced it would be resurrected in short lift 94 syndicate version, and on January 5th, 1984, the sign was permanently moved to the turntable, where it remained until December 5th, 2002, when it was replaced uh, with a $50,000 graphic. A $100,000 primetime on screen, although the Plinko sign was absent on November 11th, 1992, to June 18th, 1993, and instead of using a $25,000 graphic or no graphic at all, the disco ball was revived. When the game debuted, the cue music they played was the same they originally heard on the Grand Game. From January 11, 1983, the game's second plane till April 25th, the first regular sting combining the harps from Golden Road and Punch a Bunch with a famous price cue called the Cats. Two subsequent harp stingers from, Ju- uh, from May 3rd, 1995 and November 26, 1987 were also used to precede the Cats. Since January 7, 2003, only the harps have been used to introduce the game. Crap, I kind of screwed that up. Uh, for Plinko's first playing only, different win cards were used for small prizes. When a digit on the price was guessed correctly, the panels on the front of its corresponding pony were flipped over twice, first to reveal the word win, and then, uh, which is written diagonally of a Plinko chip, along with the Plinko chip, and then again to reveal the actual prize. Currently, the panels are flipped over only once to reveal either a win card and the actual price with the Plinko chip for correct guess, or the actual price on two red cards if the guess is incorrect. When first introduced, the front of the Plinko board was open, meaning the chips were occasionally able to bounce off the board and put onto the stage and had to be played again. To remedy this problem, a plexiglass cover was placed over the board in the fall of 1991. That too became a problem when chips got stuck and had to be retrieved. One notable incident involved a stuck Plinko chip as well as having trouble retrieving it occurred January 16, 1992 when contestant Jennifer Hardy dropped her last Plinko chip and got stuck on the right-hand side and had to be landed where neither Bob nor Janice, who tried to reach underneath the Plinko, could retrieve it. Then Jennifer, who cannot contain her extended enthusiasm, begins jumping up down, rattling the Plinko board to which Bob shouts, Jennifer, you're going to break. Jennifer, Jennifer, stop, stop. You're going to break my Plinko game. Janice, after taking off her bracelet hanging over to Bob, uh, again tries to reach for the stuck Plinko chip, and this time around she's successful. The contestant won $6,600. The board's plexiglass cover was used since 1994, features triangular grid-shaped holes that prevent trips from flying out, but still allows stuck chips to be knocked loose through the grid. The only value on the board which has changed since the game was introduced is that center slot. It began at $5,000, because 5 times 5 is 25, with a top price of $25,000, and it remained such until October 5th, 1996. 0841K. 
This level was increased to $10,000 for the first time during the show's 25th anniversary special on August 23rd, 1996, and was subsequently made permanent on October 15th, 1998. Uh, 1994 syndicated version did not use that board layout described above. Most episodes featured a layout of... On the first episode that featured Plinko, the game had a layout of $2,500,000, The top prize was still $25,000 as on the daytime show. The 1994 syndicated version also used the higher lower format for the smaller prizes instead of the the regular CBS format as that used three-digit prizes. The highest amount won in this version was $16,500. For a live stage show version, if you ever go to Price is Right Live, uh, the layout is $50, $100, $200, zero $500, making the top price $2,500. On May 17, 2002, center slot was doubled to $20,000 on primetime specials with a top price of $100,000, a practice that would be included in both Million Dollar Spectaculars and the Game Show Marathon. On October 4, 2008, Air Dive both Million Dollar Spectaculars and Street Care became host. A million dollar bonus was offered if a contestant could get a bonus golden chip in the $20,000 slot. The golden chip was won if a contestant could get at least $60,000 in three regular chips in the $20,000 slot during the normal gameplay. Sadly, neither playing featured such a win condition. The Plinko board is often used by RTL Group Licensed Lottery Promotions, CBS Affiliates, and Ubisoft to promote the show. For the promotions, two fishing lines would hang from the side, and then the drop chip would always land in the $10,000 slot. After promotional advertisement for the game was taped, the wires were mistakenly left in place. On the July 22, 2008, 1 p.m. taping of The Price is Right, a contestant by the name of Nicole was playing the game, and three consecutive chips landed in that $10,000 slot. As the fourth chip was being dropped, co-producer Adam Sandler, not the actor, uh, realized that the wires were still in place, stopped the chip as it bounced from the board, informing Carrie, the show's new host, of the situation. The wires were removed, and the entire segment was reshot for the show from the point where Nicole began dropping chips. CBS Anderson practices allowed Nicole to keep $30,000 one prior to the removal of the wires, as well as the money won with the five chips she dropped after the mistake had been corrected. However, the segment that aired when the show originally aired, an air of ordinary, did not reference this mistake or the amount of money won prior to the removal of the wires. Plinko's first $10,000 slot had a large 10 with three uh, compressed zeros underneath both numbers. In late 2002, a different $10,000 graphic with a smaller 10 and three numbers in the size of the previous $5,000 slot. For Publishers Clearinghouse Week was played for $50,000, but if it twists, the final chip would be worth $20,000 instead of the usual $10,000. It would start at $10,000 roll every day until no one hit the $20,000 on Friday's show. Where Friday's showcase won $25,000 bonus edition, whatever price, whatever, it's Publishers Clearinghouse. Go buy their subscriptions. Uh, in April 26, 2013, uh, Big Money Week, it was played for $500,000 with a $100,000 slot, replacing that $10,000 slot. Samantha and Clara won four chips, three each, but they never hit that slot. Samantha won $1,600. Clara won $2,000. October 4th, 2013, a very special Plinko episode. Uh, was the only game played all show. This is the one that everyone always remembers, the all Plinko show. In addition to cash prices up to $50,000, regular prices were also up for grabs on the slots. Uh, so it was kind of a weird episode. So there was like prizes, and if you land on the prize, you keep it. 
it was interesting, but the problem was because of how long the game is played, it did make for a much quicker uh, showcases. So that became a big problem when it came near the end of the show. On uh, November 20th, 2014, uh, Big Money Week. Plinko was played once again, but this time for $1 million. All they did was just basically double the, the slot to 200000 But honestly, not only that, uh, the $10,000 slot was now uh, fourth time in price history, played for $1 million. First time, uh, Big Money Week. Uh, it was an interesting uh, idea. Once again, it was a curse. Usually, whenever it's a big money week with Plinko, uh, it's never necessarily won, which is kind of uh, a letdown. I think a lot of people will agree. But the funny part is, right before this broadcast, on Monday's episode of The Price is Right, they did a big money week with a $200,000 slot, and it was won. Yes. Someone finally hit the $200,000 slot. Michael Strober won four chips. Three of them each he won plus the bonus chip, but won $210,000. Well, actually, $202,000, uh, which is $200,000, $1,000, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, on, an October, on February 19, 2015, USA Week, uh, Plinko replaced the $100 slots with additional to two additional $10,000 slots. On that plank, $13,000 was won in five chips, with one chip landing in the center slot. On uh, April Fool's Day 2015, Plinko was played on Let's Make a Deal as part of an April Fool's joke. The contestant who played earned $1,600. On May 24th, 2016, uh, part of the show's Big Brother thing, Plinko replaced the $100 slot. It became a $500 slot. Uh, from the $100 slot, $500 became $1,000, and $1,000 became $2,500 which I kind of enjoyed. Um, the same line was used and became permanent in the daytime show. Display this will become permanent. Oh, it's not permanent yet. It's still at 100 bucks, folks. Um, October 10th, 2016, 30 years number one. Plinko was played for $150,000. So a $10,000 spot tripled to $30,000 because 30 years at number one, 30 thousand okay uh next uh february 3rd 2017 uh the value seen from may 24th big brother episode reused that's interesting uh may 24 2017 a plinko record thirty-one thousand five hundred bucks uh 10 1 10 500 10, respectively on september 18th 2017 season 46 premiere drew's 10th anniversary a bonus of ten thousand dollars was up for grabs to win the ten thousand dollar bonus contestant had at least had land at least one chip in the ten thousand dollar slot uh, Roderick Hickman did that and won a grand total of 21000 On the October tw- uh, 2nd, 2017, uh, center slot doubled $20,000 for breast cancer awareness. Top prize, $100,000. Uh, $500 were in the Big Brother slots. Okay. Uh, January 3rd, 2018, 35th anniversary, $35,000 slots with uh, $3,500, uh, $3,500, and $3,500. That makes no sense. Why would you do Never mind. On April 20th, 2018, Rapunzel Wayne played a uh, with a young Price is Right superfan Jackson Woodworth via video, whose mother Brianna, whatever Rapunzel won, Jackson won the game. Uh, so 2600 was one. On December 21st, a center slot was five times that for $50,000 with a top price of a quarter million bucks. And the values were the same uh, as the big brother, 500000 2500 Records. In the $5,000 slot era, uh, the most money won was $21,000. Uh, okay. Uh, in the, the $10,000 slot era in Barker, 
uh, it looks like it was $23,000. When it was $20,000 in prime time, most one was $40,000. Uh, and Drew Carey was $10,000 slot era, $31,500. In uh, the middle slot, which is greater than $31,000 in the history of the show, uh, it looks like they're kind of not counting the, the, the newest million-dollar Plinko. Uh, all right, the, the big money week. Uh, so that's a lot of order to have 39 two. Uh, and Drew Carey's $20,000 slot, uh, Lindsay Dykstra, $41,000. All right. In the entire history of Plinko, there have been 11 Plinko wipeouts. March 14th, March 26th, 1996, uh, December 10th, 2003, March 18th, 2008, June 10th, 2011, uh, May, uh, February 1st, 2012, April 27th, 2012, uh, May 9th, 2012, uh, October 22nd, 2012, October 4th, 2013, uh, and then, uh, the all Plinko show had a couple of those, uh, November 22nd, 2013 Plinko remains the only game in the price rate history to have never been officially won. A win technically means winning the highest announced prize. Most fans consider hitting the middle slot at least once to be a win, but Bob and Drew won't call that perfect show. If all other five pricing games were won and Plinko's played in the middle slot, didn't hit all five times. So, so, I mean, I'm I'm with the folks that say if it hits the center once, call that a win. But uh, you know, it is impossible to get five in a row. Anyway, trivia: Plinko has uh, played the most number of times in the Price Is Right primetime special and had the highest cash prize until September 20 of 2010 because Pay the Rent debuted. That's a hundred thousand dollars. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 39, not counting the primetime specials. Plinko was one of seven price games seen in the first taping season of season 36, which was seen on October 15th, 2007. Uh, October 23rd, November 1st, November 9th. Blah, blah, blah. Those were two all pricing games seen in the 9th, 18th season. Anyway, Legacy. Plinko's become an all-time favorite pricing game on the price right, arguably the most popular of all pricing games portrayed on the show. Many Carvel suppliers and family game companies have manufactured their own Plinko boards of their own, with some selling as much as $400. The wall is an example of a game show that contains elements from Plinko, like salons that contain money amounts. However, the values of that show and the rules differ from that of Plinko, and the cash prices are, of course, much higher. In addition, money can also be dropped from the player's total. This is one of the few games in which the announcer gives the name of the game. You're going to play Plinko! The other ones are, you're going to play Pay the Rent for $100,000, or you're going to play Half Off for $10,000. But in every other game, even the other games played for a cash prize, the announcer announces the prize, not the name of the game. Uh, foreign versions of Plinko, uh, United Kingdom, Portugal, Netherlands, uh, they have little smaller amounts. Um, some of them have, like, you can quit the money or play a double or nothing game uh, with a center slot now being a prize. Uh, there's different slots, including one chip, and that determines how many chips you get. It's kind of interesting. It's not a lot of uh, of scoring on this one. Uh, in Vietnam, they call their Plinko chips golden soybeans. Uh, also, uh, there are only 10 Plinko chips in circulation, five in the main game and five out in the event they're lost. Uh, I believe it's hard to get a hold of one, but they're actually pretty big, to be honest. I think about the size of like a CD. About a CD, but a little slightly bigger, but not as big as a Laserdisc. Uh, one of the most iconic games of all time. I like the values. I wish they went with the Big Brother values and just upped it to maybe like 25000 or 20000 And then I think they have a great game on their hands. 
just make it the hundred thousand dollar limit so it's tied with pay the rent and have this cool plinko game i think when if anyone who has ever seen prices right they know about plinko most of the shirts like pick me i want to play plinko this is plinko Plinko is an iconic game. Uh, in an iconic joke, Bob Barker once said the name Plinko got its name because the art department got drunk and the chips go plink, plink, plink. No one wants to see a Plinko wipeout, but you know what? Plinko is such an iconic game, and you know what? I can't think of anything else. Like, if you could just say name a pricing game and the price is right, people tell me Plinko. And I hope with this series, even though Plinko's most iconic game, and I just kind of threw every fact I got from a Price is Right wiki. People can continue watching this podcast, or I guess listen to this podcast, and find out that there's more to Price is Right than just Plinko. There's hundreds of games, and while Plinko is the most iconic because of the chips and the drop, uh, maybe you have something else in mind. Maybe you want to win a car. Maybe you want to win other cash. Maybe you want to pay the rent. I don't know. But I enjoy Plinko a lot, and no reason why, because no matter what, you get money, you drop the chips, there is some slight edge in terms of guessing the prices on the items. Uh, It's a fun game for everyone to play. Uh, Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, oh wow, one of my favorites, Master Key. So let's end with a game show review. Uh, this is a show that airs on BBC in the UK. It is called Headhunters. The game, it's going to be a little complicated, but trust me, it's kind of easy. It starts out with 20 players in a pool. Before the game, they all took 100 questions. Then they had like a qualifying game. That determines the three players that will be the quote-unquote main contestants for the game. They are called the uh, Headhunters, as it were. Uh, so then a rant, a question is asked, uh, and that determines the quote unquote candidate for the first round of gameplay of the remaining 17 players. Each of the three players then gets to see the nine categories that will be used for today's game and that final round. That's very important. There is a base jackpot of, and it goes up money. I think it starts at a thousand and goes up every uh round until uh essentially uh it gets one now each of the three players gets to pick a category either something of their knowledge so they can build up a pot or something that they may not know much about to see if that candidate is worthy enough to be on their team the questions are kind of layered like show me the money so it's like what is the state capital of california new york New Jersey. The first question is for 50 pounds. The second is for 100 pounds. Third is for 150. If the candidate gets a question wrong, uh, the money is not out of play necessarily because one of the three headhunter contestants who are all on different teams can buzz in and answer correctly to get the money. Any money banked will be added to this jackpot and it can progress throughout this show. Uh, so that means it's, uh, it's 300 pounds per category which means 900 pounds per candidate all right any money that's banked will be added to the jackpot that progresses the three candidates uh then make an offer to buy up the candidate uh if they win the show tonight they will give up part of the jackpot 
uh, to the players. So, for instance, if there was like a jackpot currently at 5,000 pounds, you might want to give 500 pounds to that person or maybe 1,000 or 850, whatever. Essentially, it's like Shark Tank or I guess in this case Dragon's Den uh, or The Voice with the I Want You. But instead of musical uh, expertise or business proposal, it's the trivia skills of a player. Before the game, they all took a 100-question general knowledge test, and then they show off the percentage that they got correct. So if they got 60 of the questions right, 60%. If they got 71% right, that means they got 71 questions right uh, to show percentage correct. They then get to do a counteroffer. Uh, after discussion which means now that they saw what everyone else offered they can either raise up their offer keep it the same lessen their offer and the candidate can then decide who they want to go with Uh, that headhunter then gets to join that person's team you rinse repeat in round two with another candidate from another question and then in the twist when they do the uh, round as they build the bank when you get to choose which of the three teams, you can pick the team of one, the team of one, or the team of two. And the team of two, you get to see the percentage on that person uh, right before they make that counter offer. Round three is played again, the same as round two and one, right down to reveal the number of the last player. Before round four, though, they reveal the last candidate's percentage. So that means there's three players, which means at one point, either everyone gets one player uh, two people get a player, one and a two, or one person could theoretically ambush everybody and buy everyone and get a team of four. Uh, so in round four, it is called head-to-head. Each of the three teams, even if they're a solo player, get five lives. They then must pick a headhunter to challenge. Uh, if they give an incorrect answer in this game, which is the same kind of questions as it was in the back game of how to build up the pots, but now with no cash involved, uh, they lose a life. There are three questions per round, and if they lose all five lives, their team, no matter how many people, are out. And yes, they get to confer. Uh, like in round one and three, they are three questions only and they're complete in three parts. There's no money added, which is okay, I guess. The player who got challenged then gets to challenge another player with the candidate they acquired, giving help and that makes some sort of cool strategy involved. Uh, if a player is ever knocked out, the challenging team regains control. There are only nine categories, so after nine of these question of these categories are used and all twenty-seven questions are are given, uh, there's going to be a, a tiebreaker in the event of a tie, uh, where the person to buzz in to get the correct answer wins. I always thought the rule was whoever got the most lives left uh, advances, but I've yet to see that. Um, before the game ends. The winning contestant, the headhunter who's won the game because they knocked out the other two players, uh, can then buy a candidate from the losing team, but they cannot buy the headhunter for the money that they were offered. So that adds to a little strategy. Like You can actually buy up the person in one last chance to grab money if you find them to be really necessary considering their progress in round four. In round five, it's the most important round. This is called Seal the Deal. To win the jackpot, the uh, the headhunter must answer nine questions in 90 seconds from all nine categories from that show. Uh, If they do, they win that jackpot, and they get to split it with any of their their little teammates. 
Otherwise, the money carries over to the next game and everybody, all 20 players, plays the game again. <sighs> all right, so that was a boring format, but it's hosted by Rob Beckett, who's a funny stand-up comedian, but he really isn't a good host on this show. I liked him more in We're All uh, in All Together Now, that singing show. I think he's great on panel games, but this kind of reminds me of a mix between Impossible and Cash Trapped, with how contestants are the same every day until a winner is made, but with this everybody plays podium involvement. I think the game could be a lot faster. I like the idea of a shark tank, dragon's den with trivia, and building a team, but the way it's presented, it's very sluggish to sit through, and ultimately, it plays this British stereotype that I kind of do not really like with most British game shows of these impossible chances to win a few thousand pounds, and it's relatively low stakes. So it's like 2,000 pounds... Or you get nothing. And it's like, I get if it's BBC, which it is. But when it's so low money, like, imagine an American game show where it's, we're putting intense stakes on whether or not you win $500. Like, that's, it's not really necessary. Um, if you're going to go low stakes, it helps to have an engaging ferment that keeps you watching or has a good play along. And the questions, I mean, like, you could try and play along with it, but they're kind of trying to go fast with that. That It kind of isn't necessarily a fun-to-play-along format, which I find a little disappointing. Uh, ultimately, I give uh, I give the show Headhunters a C-. There's a lot of issues I have with the game, um, which is kind of tough, but... Man, I know eventually someone's going to make that Shark Tank Dragon's Den trivia show, and it's going to be great, and I can't wait for it. But unfortunately to me, uh, Headhunters does not do it for me. If it comes between this and Impossible, I pick Impossible. If this is on against Cash Trapped, I watch Cash Trapped. This feels like a little too much of everything, and it doesn't really get me involved, uh, which is a bit of a disappointment. But um, that's going to do it for us this week here on Game Shows, I suppose. If you have a game show you want me to talk about, uh, follow me on Twitter at Jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Uh, go to iTunes, or I guess now it's called Apple Podcasts, and in the review section, uh, let me know what, what game shows you wanted me to uh, talk about. I, I will look into it and, and have fun with that. Uh, we're also available on Spotify. We're also on Google Play all over the place. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, join us next week for another great game show, I suppose. And until then, big smooch! Mwah!